When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight. Expertise. Top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. The weekend that was our SEC Power Rankings College Football Week 4 takeaways. Congratulations to Josh Dobbs for maybe beating my Dallas Cowboys. But still, I tend to root for people over jerseys, so I was happy for him. Spencer Riley on a Monday is always our center of attention. The former Tennessee offensive lineman will join us to talk about the Vols win over UTSA, also the national perception of the balls, number 21 in the AP poll, number 19 in the coaches poll, and 10.5-point favorites against South Carolina, and we'll get to our report card and torchbearers versus UTSA. But I will go ahead and do something that I have not done in my long career, and that is... I will predict an easy Tennessee win on a Monday. A Monday, Caleb Calhoun, am I crazy before we get to the torchbearers from the UTSA game? Well, you seem to be one who does take the revenge game thing seriously. So we'll have to see how it goes. I have never really bought into the revenge game moment. It's more than that. It's more than that. But I will... um, I will just say that I think that uh, Tennessee has figured out some Joe Milton, and 
I, I know that he still had the cold streak, and we're going to get to his play and why some people I think were maybe a little bit confused by my column because they just read the headline. Uh, you got to read the whole thing. So let's go ahead and, and and get into it. But I will go on record right now on a Monday or Tuesday, if you're listening. And why do we both have the same color shirts? We're going to have to coordinate. But the <laughs> but and I will, the same color, too. So, I mean, I'm just all in on blue today. Yeah. So I will go ahead and tell you that um, there you go. I think Tennessee wins a win significantly over South Carolina. I thought the spread would be about seven. Instead, it's about 10 and a half, even 11 and a half. In some places, it's almost like the odds makers know something, right? Maybe. Well, Maybe. I know more than them. Hit, I went hit. on last week. Oh, good job for you. All right, let's get it rolling right now. As we started off with a look back to UTSA, it is time to hand out the Torchbearer Awards. Who wins the award? We'll give it out right now as a part of our report card and roundup of the UTSA game. Today's tough question, who was the best ball on Saturday? Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right, and this is a fun one because sometimes it's easy to say it was Jalen Hyatt or Hendon Hooker against Alabama. And there were a couple of games last year where it's like, yeah, it's got to be that dude, right? So it's got to be Joe Milton in the Orange Bowl. You know, there were some that were just too easy. But this, I thought, is a little bit different in that there were a lot of solid performances, but I don't know that one just blew off the stat sheet. So let's get to the torch bears. But the reason it's interesting to me is because we get more interaction with you guys on the message board. So I want to uh, hear it right now from you. Uh, Roto already says Samson still easy, probably so. And good morning to you. So go ahead. Oh, Caleb's got it wrong already. So that's why I was going to go with uh, Dylan Samson. Um, He didn't have his. He 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 had a huge impact on the game, but by the same token, it was kind of sporadic. He's not the running back you're going to lean on. He needs to catch the ball as well, and I think there are more ways to get him involved. You're not going to show all that versus UTSA. And I will give my torchbearer award, actually not to Samson, I'll give it to Tennessee's offensive coaches because I really believe in the Florida game. They lost track of the game because it kind of got a little sideways, and they lost track of Dylan Sampson. The one, There are two guys that can change the course of, of the flow of the game on offense, and it's Dylan Sampson and Squirrel White. They can pop a 70-yarder, and then suddenly the feel of the game changes. Uh, they got him involved. They didn't against Florida. They said they would last week. So I'm actually going to go torchbearer award to Tennessee's offensive coaches for making sure they got him involved early and pretty darn often. He was Tennessee's leading carrier. Dylan Sampson gets a lot of credit. I mean, that was an incredible game. We've all been waiting for this from Dylan Sampson. It was made possible because of that Joe Milton 81-yard touchdown run to open the game. That completely changed how UTSA was going to play defense. And the problem with the Florida game was Joe Milton wasn't running when he should. The player of the game, though, guys, sometimes historic stat lines have to warrant you the player of the game. It's Tamarian McDonald. Guy had an interception, two tackles for a loss, a sack, 
did everything. You know, he and Bryson Eason, if you guys don't remember, they both went to Whitehaven, and their teammate, Martavius French, now plays on UTSA, also went to Whitehaven, had transferred out of Tennessee back in the day. They all committed together. And in front of his old teammate, he balled out on Saturday. I don't have a lot of positives to say about the secondary as a whole. Tamaria McDonald is the exception. He did everything he's supposed to do. And with Nico Slaughter, you know, obviously not 100%. You got to give Tamaria McDonald credit for that. All right. Who else are your Torchbearer Award winners? So Dylan Sampson's obviously on there. He's one of them. There is Elijah Herring, who had a much better game this week. I'm not reading too much into that. I think he should have had a much better game this week. UTSA was playing with its backup quarterback, and they rely on RPOs. And their backup, neither one of their other quarterbacks is mobile. So it was very kind of an easy game for Elijah Herring to have a good game. But he did it. He he stepped up when he should have. Joe Milton, I'm giving one to Joe Milton. I know Joe Milton missed some throws in the middle of the game. I think that's because of a shot he took that really threw him off his game for a little while. I think he got hurt. I think he's fine. I think he got fine towards the end. But that I think that's all that was about. And I'm going to go Amari Thomas. Tennessee had seven tackles for a loss, four sacks. Bryson Easton helped on one, and Omar Norman Lott got another one, but Norman Lott didn't play till the second half. Amari Thomas was the guy who played the whole game. He was the anchor in the middle. I love those defensive tackles that continually get the push and don't get the sacks, and Amari Thomas has been that for Tennessee. I, I'm sorry. I love Amari Thomas. I'm a huge fan. No, I do too. And uh, another vote for uh, Andre Carrig. That's got to be sarcastic. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know if that's sarcastic or not, but there we go. Orange Blood Ask is Keaton okay? And boy, I just really respect his game. I don't know that he'll ever win a Torchbearer Award, but he is just a solid player. Is he okay? Um, I, I believe that he fell on the ball, but I'm not going to play a sports talk doctor. I hate it when people do that. I either fell on the ball or may have gotten a concussion when his head snapped down. I don't know, and I can tell you that Josh Heupel is not going to tell us at his, his press conference on Monday, so we'll just have to wait and see. The other Did reason he fall on a helmet, guys. Didn't land on a helmet. <laughs> well, no, he didn't. The, the other reason that I go with Tennessee's offensive coaches is because they're now utilizing Joe Milton like they should, and that's more Cam Newton-esque. That's uh, more of the option game. That's – um, not asking him to do things that he's not comfortable doing. And I can't imagine for Joe Milton, if he's comfortable throughout a game, that his accuracy won't improve. Now, there's still those streaks. There's those six, seven, eight throw streaks where you're like, what the H? And you get really frustrated with that. And I understand, but my column, Caleb, on Saturday, actually somebody called a parody column. Read the whole thing. The point was that Tennessee's coaches have sent you a clear message that Joe Milton is going to be the guy, that they want Joe Milton to be the guy. And they've sent you that message all along. But they adapted the offense uh, slightly to Milton. You may not like the screen passes. It's an extended running play is what it is, guys. They're trying to draw the defense up. Because if you look at the passes that – that Joe Milton has completed downfield. What's the one common thing? The players have been covered. 
they've been covered. He's had he's had to primarily downfield complete a ball into coverage. Now, Squirrel White, the one he missed on Saturday, that's an exception. He's got to hit that ball nine times out of ten, the deep slant. So I get that. But I think you're seeing – the one in the end zone was worse. That's the one you got to hit ten times out of ten. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's there's just going to be a couple of games. There, there are. And no quarterback's perfect, and they're going to be ugly misses – but that's what they are. But I do believe that if they can get defenses to walk up a little bit with the running game and the screen game is an extended part of the running game, I believe that things for, can change to the positive for Joe Milton. So, again, your thoughts on the message board. Uh, go ahead and get it up there. And uh, let's uh, hear what you think about a Torch Bears award. Uh, big question is Joe okay? Well, he came back in the second half. And here's the other point to my call. You have every opportunity, if you're Josh Heifel, that if you have any doubt whatsoever in Joe Milton, you can run Nico out there to begin the second half, and there's no quarterback controversy. And you can run your offense because the game's still kind of somewhat in question. And I tell you what, Caleb, when I look at uh, what they did in in running Joe Milton out there with the knee, he came back out, had his knee twisted. This is Joe Milton's offense, and it's going to be Joe Milton's offense unless something goes incredibly awry. And I firmly believe um, that that's the direction Tennessee's going to go, and I think it's going to keep getting better. This is just going to be a different offense. I don't know that they're going to put up a 60-burger every single week they're probably not but they can be a solid offense i don't want to say ball control either but they're going to control the ball a little bit let's get to the report card right now and i'll tell you whether or not i agree with caleb calhoun it'll be hank kingsley with a if i agree or tracy morgan with a that's crazy all right if i don't so let's get to your report card um by the way billy bob cooter said uh nico look uh, not so great. I thought he was fine, but I don't. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the report card brought to you by Andy Mason Real Estate. I'll tell you more about him. But who was your highest graded uh, group uh, position group from the uh, from the upcoming or from the UTSA game? Excuse me. There were two defensive tackles and tight ends. Believe it or not, yes, tight ends. And the reason I gave it to tight ends is because. Go back and watch Jacob Ward and McCallan Castles. The exterior blocking that they did on those running plays, Dave, was superb. And I mean superb. And that's the most underrated, forgotten part about tight end play. We constantly judge them now on the touchdowns they score. For all y'all who saw Taylor Swift cheering on Travis Kelsey scoring a touchdown yesterday, I'm thinking, he's a tight end. If he blocks well, he still should impress her. Because that's part of a tight end's job, too. Taylor Swift is everywhere. I mean, that person, Taylor Swift's PR agent uh, deserves a raise like today. She is absolutely everywhere. And I wonder if the Travis Kelsey thing is just like one of those Hollywood football marriages. I don't know. But anyway, the report card. Taylor Swift scouted him better than Butch Jones did. (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead. Um, Let's get to the quarterbacks. What do you got on the quarterbacks as you gave them a B? I will say. I think that's perfect. That's exactly the letter I would have picked. Uh, I think you nailed it. I think that Joe Milton was good, but not great. 
Yeah, no, it's a B. Uh, it was good, but not great. Would have been an A if it wasn't for that sequence in the middle of the game where he missed too many throws. And it was that crossing pattern in the end zone where Tennessee had to settle for a field goal. You just can't miss a throw like that. And that's right. why it's a B. Running backs. A minus. Hey, now. I'll go with that. Yeah, I'm, I might have even gone with an A. But anyway, I, I, I'll roll with that. If, if I'm a half letter grade off of you, I'm going to say we agree. If I'm more than that, I'll let you know with a. That's crazy. All right. Uh, while running backs, A minus. Um, they play uh, Dylan Sampson, Jabari Small, Jalen Wright combined for 200 for just under 250 yards from scrimmage. I mean, I, I, I could have gone with an A with them, to be fair. Maybe I was just being a little particular. I just I didn't think the play was spectacular enough to get to an A outside of Sampson. So, um, yeah, that's why I decided to go A minus. Wide receivers. B plus would have been an A, but Dante Thornton had another drop. And I swear he is having a, he's good for a drop to two a game at this point. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious. We're going to start having the conversation on one of the most disappointing transfers in the country. Uh, and I don't want to jump on the kid yet, okay, because he's, Playing with a new quarterback, but did we were we part of the problem? Did we overhype him? Maybe tight ends. Uh, like I said, a earlier, they, I thought they played perfect without even the words. Love me some Jacob Boy. The Vol Report brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn will be up later today. By the way, Philip Fulmer celebrate ninety eight is on our YouTube channel. That was a fun conversation on Friday. Before we get to the offensive line, and uh, the offensive line was. Eh, uh, brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Four decades of combined experience in his office. Best service in the Knoxville area. Go to AndyMasonRealEstate.com. You had offensive line at a C minus. Yep, and that is because yeah. of it's because of Andre Scarrett again missed a block that got Joe Milton hurt. And I don't think Tennessee ran the ball well because of the offensive line. I think they ran the ball well because of the design run for Joe Milton to open the game that kept the defense honest. I can't give the offensive line too much credit for this game. I don't think they played well. Okay. Defensive tackles? A. I loved what Amari Thomas did. Omar Norman Lott missed the first half, still had a sack. Shouldn't have been suspended for the first half. He did nothing wrong last week against Florida. And Bryson Eason also played well. Edge rushers, do you give? C+. This game screamed for edge rushers to get seven sacks between Tyler Barron and James Pierce, and Tyler Barron got one. It's the second straight week in a row the edge rushers have not taken advantage of a golden opportunity to ball out. Yeah, and when I um, when I look at Tennessee's edge rushers, we saw so much out of them early. I'm wondering why they're not continuing to dominate games, especially against UTSA. This seems like you said scream for it. I agree. Linebackers. Linebackers were close to running backs. They got an A minus. Um, and the only reason it wasn't higher is there wasn't like a spectacular big play, but Aaron Beasley played well. Elijah Herring did what he should have done, and Caleb Herring came in and had a sack in the game. That's crazy. I would actually give them an A plus. I thought they played really well. All right. Uh, defensive backs. B minus only because of Tamarian McDonald. I actually thought the defensive backs weren't great in the game, and particularly in the third quarter. But Tamarian McDonald uplifted him. I would actually have them a little bit lower. I would have them at a C. I thought it was very average. You don't give up two drives like you did against UTSA. Kicking game. B, and it's just because of that Charles Campbell miss, but I don't knock him too much for that. And Jackson Ross had one bad punt, but for the most part, it was fine. All right. And lastly, we have the return game, and it's a D. You can't fumble a punt. That's rule number one. 
I, I that's crazy. I would give it an F if you if you fumble a punt and you don't do anything special to me. That's an F, but uh, I see where you're going. All right. So uh, as we move on, we want to remind you that uh, who is the best. uh, We want to get, oh, we got the report card in. Uh, We want to get to the national perception of the Vols uh, up to number 21 in the AP poll, number 19 in the coaches poll, and a 10 and a half point favorite against South Carolina. And that is brought to you by our friends at Zen Sports. And your thoughts on Tennessee being a 10 and a half point favorite. What does that say about the balls? And actually based on certain lines, it has actually moved up to 12 and a half within a day. And so you may be onto something, Dave. I think it says Tennessee will win this game by 10 points. I'm not going to say over 12 and a half, but they'll, they'll win it easily. I think it says, I don't think it says heard, much about- I've never been this confident on a Monday, Caleb. I don't think it says much about Tennessee as a team because they only moved up to number 21 in the AP poll. You know what it really says, Dave? The lack of respect that the nation right now has for the SEC. That the SEC has earned this lack of respect because South Carolina did just beat Mississippi State and the the Vegas is saying, no, they're not even in Tennessee's class. They're going to go to Tennessee and get wrecked, even though this is a Tennessee team that just lost to Florida last week. I think... There is a there's a very low perception of the SEC right now, quite honestly. I don't think they think Tennessee is that good. I think they say they think South Carolina is that bad. I don't know where you're gonna where you land on that, but I think that's where the that's where the national experts think. Yeah, it's not a very good South Carolina team. I, w- I will give you that. Um, and if you look at the, the schedule, it's been incredibly challenging to go on the road against Mississippi State and then go on the road against Tennessee, and then they play Florida. Spencer Rattler may be the best quarterback in the SEC because it's a down year in quarterbacks in the SEC, but what else do they have when you look at that team? I mean, what what else stands out to you? Nothing, and Spencer Rattler is looking like <laughs> nothing. And Spencer Rattler what stands anything? out to me is the fact that TV guys absolutely love Shane Beamer's wife. During that game, uh, they left her up on the screen with a picture of her and Shane Beamer for like, it seemed like five minutes. And I think the ratings actually went up. That's what stands out to me other than Spencer Rattler is Shane Beamer's super smoking hot wife. Well, what stands out to me is um, she could probably block better than South Carolina's offensive line. So, you know. Um, yeah, he has a horrible, I, I will say this, what they thought about what Mel Kuyper thought about Will Levis last year applies to Spencer Rattler, which is that I'm not going to hold anything against Spencer Rattler this year. And I don't know if you are Dave, but he, what can he do? I mean, you've watched South Carolina play. There's nothing he can, no quarterback. There's not a quarterback in world history that you could plug into that offense and to, to help elevate them. Okay. But. The Will Levis comparison, I'm not following because Spencer Rattler will be a better NFL quarterback. No, he is what Mel Kuyper thought of Will Levis last year. And okay. what I mean is he they all thought Will Levis was amazing. It was just held back by horrific talent at Kentucky, which we watch and we're like, no, Will Levis is horrible. That's Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, I guess an, an, an adept comparison, actually, Dave, would be um, Jay Cutler at Vanderbilt in 2005. That Or, I mean – at the most extreme case, dare we go John Elway Stanford in the early 80s. Ooh, I mean, you, going you know, way back. 
yeah, you know, quarterbacks where you know they're great and they just have absolutely no help anywhere around them whatsoever. And there's just no way you could elevate them. So I, I think the odds makers know that. I don't think they're high on Tennessee right now. But I will say this. They're high on what Tennessee can do because, Dave, Tennessee beat South Carolina, say, which is what they think. Then they go into a bye. Then they get Texas A&M coming to town off a bye. You would think, you know more than I do, but I would assume with the bye, Cooper Mays can finally get back on the field by Texas A&M, right? By Texas A&M? Yeah. Two weeks from Saturday? Hmm. We'll see. Okay. I, I, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it, but if he, if it's possible, then you should I mean, be Are you rolling one. him out of the South Carolina game? I'm assuming he wouldn't go for the South Carolina game. Maybe he will. Um, but portions of the program brought to you by Zen Sports, the new sports book in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. That means no more deposit bonuses that turn into deposit nightmares. On uh, Zen Sports, what you see is what you get with their cash rewards program. You get a lot of cash for a welcome bonus, earn an unlimited 5% cash back on your betting volume for your first 15 days when you sign up with the promo code HOOKED. That's hooked. Unlimited 5% cash back. Use the app and the promo code Zen Sports Hooked. Keep betting and keep earning with up to 3% cash back on your betting volume every month after that and refer friends to earn a percentage of their betting volume as cash rewards too. Zen Sports bringing the cash back to Tennessee. So if you bet big on sports, you want to be betting on Zen Sports. Zen Sports betting just got better. And it is Champions Week. It should just be called 98 week because they're going to celebrate Tennessee's 1998 championship season and other champions as well. But this should be all about the 98 team because that's the only 13 and 0 team that I can remember, Caleb. And that is uh, the team that should be celebrated. The, uh, the interview with Philip Fulmer is up now in our celebrate 98 series and a big part of uh, that championship will be Spencer Riley up next. So give me two minutes, Spencer. I see you there and poor clock management on my part. And we'll be right back with just a fantastic uh, breakdown with Spencer Riley as always. If you want to order the Celebrate 98 book, it is uh, on this link just below. Two minutes. Let's make it 90 seconds. And we got Spencer Riley. Poor Candace, I was... I was really heavy into the drug culture. Um, I was selling drugs. I was just constantly in pain. I was missing like a good support system in my life. Chaos has given me everything that I need in order to successfully have a wonderful recovery, in order to have a life that I didn't even know was possible. And it's not just about me anymore. And I love that. I absolutely love it. You can take your life back. Call Cadis today. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee ball collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. 
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A college football tradition like no other. Yes, sirree, boys and girls. Or the guy that just won't leave. Wow. That is sad. The Dave Hooker Show, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, here we go. Let's bring in a champion for Champions Week. One of my faves, Spencer Riley. How are you, sir? Former Tennessee winner. <laughs> who won two SEC championships, a national title, and I'll go ahead and say it. Had they not moved him to offense, that offense might have been soft. I don't know about that now. <laughs> pretty, pretty talented. <laughs> no, you, you <laughs> Caleb, does he ever let you talk much on this show? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't ever, really I, don't ever hear, I don't ever hear you talk much. So I'm like, Caleb, when he asks questions, I'm like, well, let's go. I know this voice. Let's see what we do here. Well, Dave, 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 I'm so honest. Dave's really scared that I'm just going to, you know, set <laughs> yeah. the place on fire. And I hear you. Before I know it, it's going to be off the Calhoun sports. Talk, talk. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Caleb, that's the first question then. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, Spencer, uh, obviously, you watched uh, a lot of the game on. Saturday, uh, I want to start first with your area of expertise. I thought Tennessee ran the ball well, and they finally added some elements to Joe Milton's game. But I think there's still some concerns with a little bit of the interior blocking on the offensive line at Tennessee. And I want to know your thoughts on that. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. You know what I mean? I'll just be honest with you. I didn't get to watch the game live. I went back and rewatched it this morning before the show. And, you know what I mean? I, I thought we at times struggled running the football uh, interiorly, and we just missed some. Missed some things that, hey, you know what I mean? You just can't miss at that level versus versus a team like that. Uh, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, they ended up coming out with a victory, and, and they, they were able to be productive, but you'd like to not have the minus yards runs versus a team like UTSA and, 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 and keep that to a minimum. And, you know, our path protection wasn't the best in the world at times. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was kind of disappointed with that. Uh, especially, especially with some guys from you know with the, against uh, UTSA, because you know your your opponents are only going to get better, and you're going to be playing against first rounders day in and day out moving forward. So, I mean, and not to say they don't have some first rounders. Every team's got got somebody at this level that can be an NFL player, but you know, in the SEC, it, it's just you're playing against guys who are definitely going to be playing in the NFL at some point in time in their career. We don't have. Any update on Cooper Mays's status? But if he's able to go against South Carolina, and then you would think shift Ollie Lane back to that left guard position, how much would that help Tennessee? Well, I mean, I, I don't know how much it'll help. You know, what I mean, until he gets in there and, and see how he performs. You know, guys, he's not played in what? This is game four, or am I right? Game three or four? I don't know. Be game, game five. This right? will be game five coming up. You know, what I mean. 
So what kind of condition is he going to be in? What kind of physical shape is he going to be in? Not only cardio shape, but how much, how much can he take of the beating and the pounding, snap in and snap out? Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of questions there. Even though uh, he's played and, and played a bunch of snaps at Tennessee and started a ton of ball games, you know what I mean? Yes, that helps. But at the end of the day, uh, what is he physically going to be able to do? You know what I mean? Uh, how's he going to be mentally? How's he going to be able to handle the mental toughness part of the game as you move forward? So, I mean, it can't hurt, you know what I mean? I don't think, you know what I mean? Uh, it makes you solidify your center spot a little bit more. What do you think of Joe Milton in the game? We talked about he missed a few shots, it seemed like, in the middle of the game, second, early, third quarter, but that was after he took a pretty rough hit, and then I thought he kind of settled down again. What were your thoughts on Joe Milton's performance as a whole in the game? I mean, I thought he played fine. He played well enough to win the football game. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's what your quarterback position's got to do. They don't have to be world beaters, even though everybody in the SEC wants to have a world beater quarterback got to have somebody who can manage the game, get you in the right spot, and get you the right play, and get the right checks called when when that is necessary. Uh, you got to be, you got to make the the make the correct throws. You know, it's always nice to have the deep ball and the timely throws uh, on, on that. And, but I thought Joe played fine. I didn't think he played bad. Uh, I mean, yeah, he he missed a ball, a couple, two deep balls. I get that's what I remember what I've watched of it. Uh, I know. Um, we dropped it. We dropped a touchdown in the end zone. Hit his hands. You know what I mean? To me, it's a drop. I don't care if the ball may be slightly overthrown or not. It's what you get paid for as a wide receiver to catch the football and block. I mean, if, if you don't want to do those, if you can't do those two things and consistently be doing those things, we need to find some uh, better receivers at that point in time. Well, Spencer, when you look at this offense, I think the whole goal right now is with the screen game and theoretically running the football a little bit better is to get defenses to come up closer to the line so you can hit that deep ball. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like defenses are just playing back and soft. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would I would say, hey, you got to stop the run, you know, first and foremost. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what Tennessee is – if they're able to run the football, the deep plays and the big shots are going to happen. You know what I mean? And the screen game's productive. All that stuff is productive. All the all the lot wide receiver screens are is out. It's it's just a run. It's a long handoff. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just a way to to uh, attack the fifty three and a third of the football field. You know what I mean? You don't want to be limited to where you attack uh, when you're calling plays. You want to be able to attack the whole field, and, and Tennessee does that. Uh, but when teams want to say, "Hey, we're going to load the box and 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 stop the run and stop the screen game." Hey, we got to be able to complete those balls down the field in, in that in that twenty to to forty yard range. Can I ask a, what may be a dumb question? It wouldn't be the first time, Spencer. Um, no, ask away. I'm on your show, man. I'm on, I'll answer, and if I don't want to, I'll say I ain't answering that question. So hey. By, by the way, congratulations on the win on the bye week. Yeah, um, no doubt. It was nice. It's nice to win and not even have to go to the stadium. Yeah, for sure. Spencer, when you have a Dylan Sampson who's got that wiggle, who can bounce it outside, as opposed to Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, who especially this year I think is running with more power and less likely to bounce it outside, does it change the way you block people? Are you even cognizant of the type of tailback that's behind you at all? Well, from have lived that experience with Jamal Lewis, Travis Stevens, and Travis Henry, mm-hmm. all three were different type backs. You never. I didn't even unless we were in the huddle. I didn't know who was in the ball game. So 
we're going to, we, you, as an offensive line, you still got to, you still got to produce on your block and, and make sure you're, uh, that you do your assignments and make sure we're, uh, down the middle of the guy to get the back to two way go and, and not be on the edges of them. Spencer, when one of the things I had kind of learned over when the urban Meyer spread offense took the sec by storm was that it seemed like I had read plenty of articles during that time that NFL teams were now looking at defensive tackles to convert because they were saying offensive linemen weren't being taught to hold blocks. They were taught to block in a certain direction for the spread. Right. But I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, Josh Heupel's offense still requires offensive linemen to maintain blocks, doesn't it? Yeah, for okay. sure. I mean, yeah, they do. Uh, I mean, they're a big zone team uh, and a big uh, a down scheme, what I would call a, a down and pull scheme team. And, and you got to be able to maintain those blocks and, and consistently have your eyes up looking for backers to run through and and knowing all the the, the what-ifs that happen in a, in a play. Uh, there's so many things that can happen during a, a run play that you've got to be prepared for. That you've that you've probably, as your offensive line coach, as Coach Ellerby has know he he's covered every situation that you can cover. Uh, as an O line guy, I do that every week, and it takes so much time of your day to make sure your 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 scheme is covered, and they understand. Hey, if this happens, this is what we have to do. If this happens, this is what you got to do. And you and you can't always cover the gut. We don't we don't worry about the ghost. You know, the things that possibly could happen. These are things we know are going to happen at some point in time during a ball game versus a blitz versus a different type of twist that we've seen them do. And, you know, I mean, we just got to make sure we, we know and we've seen it and we've coached it for that week. Well, let me ask you this. As a coach, Spencer, you may think you know a player, and I'm referring to Joe Milton in particular. You may think you know his strengths and weaknesses when you go into the season, but how much do you have to learn during the season and while he's playing of kind of tailor-making an offense to what he does best? Does some of that happen early in the season too? Yeah, some of it does. You know I mean? You, you, you find things that he does really, really well. Uh, in in pressure situations, and then you find things that hey might not necessarily be his thing. You know, what I mean, uh, I was really pleased to see the the quarterback run stuff. Uh, that gives an you're playing with eleven guys on the field now instead of just ten. So I mean, you, you got to make everybody account for every everybody on the field, and so it helps you with the extra defender in the box in the run game, and and the backers have to fit correctly, and now. You, you limit some things that they can do defensively uh, when, when you add the quarterback run game to it. That's great stuff. Uh, very good stuff. I want to ask you if revenge games really matter, and that'll be brought to you by Harold Group Security Solutions. Um, yeah, when they snap the ball, nobody's going to be thinking about last year's game against South Carolina. But I'm a firm believer that – in the off season, it can be motivation and the week of in practice, it can be motivation. Do revenge games really matter? Does it have an effect on what happens on, on the second matchup? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, if you, you know, when you get embarrassed, you always want to come back out and, 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 and physically win a, win a football game like you did the year before and they shouldn't have lost South Carolina. Uh, but you know, I mean, you, you got to go out and you got to perform day in and day out. Uh, and, and you got to execute that is one game at a time. And, and I know this sounds like coach speak, but 
at the end of the day, if you can't go out one week at a time and win that football game, why are you looking forward to what's going on the next week? Uh, because if you lose, the next week's going to be even tougher. You know what I mean? If, you, if, you, if you're winning and you're doing the things you're supposed to do, it keeps the morale great. It keeps everybody – it keeps it keeps the fans happy. It does all that stuff. But everybody's going to find something to complain about uh, at some point in time. Uh, so, I mean, you just got you just got to go out as a player and you just got to go perform and do what you're supposed to do. Do your job. Uh, you know, what I mean, we talk about it, talk about it all the time. Do your job on, on every snap and and be the best that you can be. Spencer, on the defensive side, Dave and I have talked. This was two weeks in a, in a row now that the defensive ends and the edge rushers were playing a game that was literally designed for them to have big games and they haven't done it did you think watching that game on saturday was that more about just utsa scheming running away from the edge rushers or did they really not step up the way they should have well i mean i think that utsa knew that they were not going to be able to run the ball on the edge so they kind of just run up inside of them and tried to do eliminate that part of the uh, of their game and try to you know i mean I, I don't think utsa was ever in an opportunity to to make this game close even though they cut it there at the start of the, in the start of the third quarter, the ball game was really never close and, and never in jeopardy, in my opinion. Um, but they tried to keep the ball up inside, and, and and I thought our defensive ends did what they were supposed to do. Uh, I don't know the whole scheme schematic part of what they do on, on snap every snap, but what I will say is this: they 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 uh, performed with their gaps and 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 maintained their gap responsibility and. And, and then those things, you know, I mean, I thought our linebackers overran things at times, um, especially our inside backers, uh, overran some tackles that, that give them some extra yards uh, there. But, you know, I mean, I thought some of our fits may be off just a little bit at, at linebacker and, and, our, and our, safe, our safety fit fit for our runs. If you're uh, watching online, um, you can see that Spencer's uh, motion light goes off every once in a while. <laughs> it goes off every week, doesn't it? But um, we want you on YouTube to hit like and subscribe. Uh, the Philip Fulmer interview is up. That was a whole lot of fun to do. And the Celebrate 98 series is up with Spencer Riley. And he was fantastic to do. I, I actually recorded that on vacation. My wife was like, you're going to work on vacation? I was like, heck yeah, I want to interview Spencer. I mean, this to me is vacation. Um, yeah. Harold Group Security. They were at the beach. I was like, have, have a good time. Harold Group Security Solutions, leadership experience, specialization, addressing problems through unique mission-specific mitigation techniques, making your children safer one school at a time. They work with private schools now, highly trained security individuals, and they want to work with uh, public schools. So if your child's at a private school, mention Harold Group Security Solutions. We've heard of the tragedies and we want to put an end to that. We want to get in private school soon. HaroldGRP.com. HaroldGRP.com. Um, Spencer, as as far as um, this Tennessee football team and, and where they are now, we've heard a lot about Joe Milton has been the leader that's called the players only meeting. He held the group chat with the scout team last year to make it extra hard on defense um being being a leader being a beloved player where does that factor into a coach's mindset as far as if there ever was a potential change to be made if it's i guess what i'm asking if it's 50 50 are you going to err on the side of the older guy who's a leader 
Yeah, I mean, that's a tough question. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that play into that, and and you think about it, and 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 coaches, you as a coach, you make your decision and you live with it, right? Uh, because it, it can go one of two ways. I said it, it can be a, it can stay the course and continue to be a productive and successful season. Um, you know, in nine, eight, nine, ten ball games, right there, eleven ball games, somewhere around there, uh, which. Guys, when you win 8, 9, 10, 11 ballgames, that's a pretty successful season. I don't care what you said in the SEC. I mean, that's tough. I mean, I was very fortunate to average winning 10 games a year in the SEC. Man, you, you know how hard that is? That's, that's In today's society, in today's world, that's, that's it's really hard to do. And not and not many teams are able to say that they did that. Uh, you know what I mean? For, for, for If you make the change, you're liable to lose your team. Amen. That's what I was. That's what and, I was and I've I've stood there and I've been and I've been in that chair making those decisions, and you got to do what's best for your team, one way or the other. Um, you know, what I mean, I've, I've been on I've been on that fence uh, both ways, and it's hard. You know, I mean, because you don't know how your team's going to respond. You kind of know, you think you know, but you really never know until it happens. And if you don't, if you don't want to, because I mean, let's be honest, you know, you, you, you want, you, you like, you like to keep your jobs as coaches. You know what I mean? You don't like to make your family move in November. You know what I mean? Let's call it how it is. So uh, as a coach, you try to make sure you uh, do the right thing for the betterment of your team and the program. Um, it may not be the pretty decision or the popular decision, but at the end of the day, as long as you as a coach can go to sleep with your head on the pedal at night and, and, and feel confident in your decision, that's what he's got to do, Coach Eipel, and I'll back him 100% with that. Love Spencer's uh, little subtle shot. Not everybody can win 10 games in the SEC, but I did. <laughs> I mean, guys, we were very, you know, I mean, that's that's one of them deals that it's very, it's it's it was fun. You know, it was hard, though, you know, winning 10 ball games in the SEC. So I don't I don't care what anybody says, and it's hard to do. It's hard to go undefeated. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's a challenge. It's a grind, and, um, and you know, it takes a lot, of, and it takes being lucky. Let's be honest. It takes having a little luck on your side. Yep, Spencer, great stuff as always. Have a great week of uh, prep, and we look forward to talking to you on uh, monday the center of attention spencer riley on a monday what do you think of that i've been trying yeah. to workshop that a little bit that's not yeah. really that's all right though y'all gonna be at the game on saturday uh yeah we i know you are i will be yeah yeah so. big, this is champions week where they celebrate champions it should be called 98 week in my opinion but anyway it is um, what it is, it is. <laughs> spencer's and, letting Slightly letting his feelings through there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it should be just celebrating you guys the 25th anniversary, but that's uh, I agree. It's super cool. Well, you know, you know, you think about it. Women's basketball same year won a national title, so it's 25 years for them too. I think, right? That's uh, true. So yeah, I mean, just y'all two, just have y'all two. It should just yeah, be it's pretty, pretty impressive year right there. You know, you, you, I don't remember what their record was, but it was pretty impressive too. So you know, I mean, it, it was a fun year to be on campus at UT in '98 for sure. Definitely was, and uh, we appreciate it, Spencer. Are you going to say something, Caleb? Well, and don't forget, the Jerry Green years were rolling in men's basketball during that time, too. I think men's were basketball they really? Start the year. Uh, that, 
I don't Vince Vassell those. started the year ranked in the top <laughs> ten. Yeah, I remember those basketball years. I do remember the girls were really well. Yeah, do you do you want to hear my Jerry Green impression? Let's hear. It. All right, um, Coach, how how'd you play? Well, we went out there and we did, did our, you know, we played well, and uh, you know, go to Kmart and rent a movie is basically nice. <laughs> nice. It's impressive. Thank you. Can't uh, say that I ever met the man really. So you know, so uh, yeah. Well, that's because he was at the golf course all the time. Nice. Thank you. Hope his golf game was good. <laughs> Thank you. Mine sure. sucks. I'll just be honest. It's because you're coaching. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're right. That's why. You're actually doing your job, Spencer. Unlike no, uh... I try, I try to for sure, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Spencer. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Always so much fun visiting with Spencer. Absolutely love that. And changing gears a bit, people ask me. They say. Why are you a Cowboys fan? And I was like, well, it really only had in, in Knoxville, you had four choices. It was like the Dolphins or Raiders, uh, Cowboys, Steelers, because they were on TV all the time. So I just picked the Cowboys. But I did root for Josh Dobbs against the Cowboys uh, last yesterday. And it's just fantastic to see Josh Dobbs getting his first win uh, as an NFL starting quarterback against what was the best defense coming into the league. Now they lost Trayvon Diggs with the ACL injury, the very good cornerback, but kudos to Josh Dobbs. I mean, is there a more beloved good player? Because Caleb, I don't think he was a great player, but a more beloved good player in Tennessee football history. No, and it's Josh Dobbs. Again, we've talked about this. He has a he doesn't have a strong arm, but he makes the most of what he can do. And we're seeing in Arizona, I mean, yes, they're probably tanking for Caleb Williams, but they're at least putting him in positions to succeed, which the Titans didn't do when he started last year. One of the things that stood out to me about Dobbs with Arizona yesterday, Dave, and I, I'm sure you watched the game. Oh, yeah. Do you notice that, like, because we talk about Milton and pocket presence, whatever else you want to say about Dobbs, he knows where to step in the pocket and when to step in the pocket and when to take off as a mobile quarterback, which is an underrated. Josh Dobbs has all of Hinton Hooker's traits without the arm strength. That's the only thing that separates Hooker and Dobbs is Hooker's got a better arm. But if Dobbs had a better arm, he would have so much NFL potential. But it's so much respect for the guy. He really carried Tennessee through a dark period. And he took a lot of licks for things that really weren't his fault because people didn't realize how bad the program was under Butch Jones. And I just want to bring this up. There's of each of the failed coaches, Dooley, Butch Jones, and Pruitt, you have quarterbacks that are synonymous with the era. There's Tyler Bray, Josh Dobbs, Jared Garantano. I'm just going to compare Dobbs and Bray real quick. Tyler Bray had way more talent than Josh Dobbs. It was on an NFL roster for years. But Dobbs got an NFL start before Tyler Bray did. That speaks to the difference in intangibles between the two quarterbacks. I completely agree. Listen, the the reason he got an opportunity at Arizona is because Kyler Murray is a big goofball. For those that don't remember him, he is a guy that had to have written in his contract that you will you will study film for X amount of hours a week. That's stuff that people just should just show up doing. That's part of your job. That's like, Caleb, in order to be on the show, you have to put a shirt on. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, it's if he had Kyler Murray's ability, I will go ahead and tell you right now, 
he would be the best quarterback in the NFL, and he would have been a number one pick, even at Kyler Murray's size, which is pretty diminutive, because Josh Dobbs gets it. Let's look at his career for a second. He goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, from 2017 to 2019. Then he goes to Jacksonville. The Steelers think so much of him they, that they bring him back. That's pretty much unheard of. He goes back to the Steelers from 2020 to 2021. Then he goes to the Browns. He goes to Detroit. He goes to the, t- the Titans in 2022, last year, in which he got his first NFL start, right? Yep, and, when Todd Downing totally set him up to fail. Yeah, and then back to Cleveland. That tells you again what a team thinks of him. And then he's able to go to Arizona. How many guys would have said to heck with this? I mean, because you've got your five years in already, and you could get your pension. That's the magic number for NFL players. You then get a pension where once you turn 45, you, you really don't have to work anymore. He could have done that, um, and he could, he could have already had that done, but he continues to keep battling, and he did so. And I just think that he is, because the aerospace engineering, because su- such a solid citizen when Tennessee had a tyrannical head coach is, it's just incredible. I mean, let's face it. Tyler Bray was pretty much ruined by his college experience. And he has had a solid NFL career as a backup, but Joshua Dobbs uh, played well uh, despite having limited ability. And you talk about guys that have maximized what they have, what God gave them. He is truly one of those guys. Yeah, and I, I get the defense where people say Tyler Bray was ruined, but theoretically, Josh Dobbs should have been ruined too because he had his own like, terrible coach, and Josh Dobbs rose above that and had one of the most productive offensive seasons in Tennessee football history. And now he's in the NFL, and you're right. It's such a – his story is a great lesson in life because he got his five years, and how often do you hear Nick Saban rant about backups not being as committed and prepared for when their opportunity comes? Look at Josh Dobbs, career backup, and you can tell with him becoming a starter. By the way, guys, I know that was it was his first win, but if you look at his stat line, he has not been bad this year. He's actually been relatively decent. Oh, okay. That speaks to he has stayed prepared and ready for this shot, and he wasn't thrown to the wolves when it happened. And I can't speak highly enough about a quarterback like that who sat and labored for five and a half years before this happened. Who's the last quarterback? I'm trying to think, Dave. Who's a quarterback that bounced around as a backup for five to six years before they got their first chance to start a full season? I don't know if that ever happens. Man, um, other than just a crazy injury, but they went into the season expecting him to be the guy. I can't, I really can't think of one. I may later, but, um, how would he have been in Josh Heupel's offense? Not as good. good. I'm s- not as good. Not, okay. Not that good. You need a big arm in Josh Heupel's offense. And that's the one thing Dobbs doesn't have. And by the way, let me say this. Peyton Manning would not have been as good as Heath Schuler or T Martin in Josh Heupel's offense. Now he's way better than Schuler and Martin, but in Heupel's offense specifically, you need that big arm. You need that beautiful deep ball. And that's something that Dobbs was lacking significantly. Tyler Bray would have been better in Heupel's offense. I think Tyler Bray would have been better if he didn't have the attitude, which let's assume was partially college coaching induced. Okay. So, but I I don't have as much of a problem with his arm. You brought that up up a couple of times. Um, It's not the monster arm, but he's got an NFL arm. So you kind of, 
people talk about strong arms or not, and this came up with the Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning thing back in the day. You have to have a baseline of an NFL arm that you can make all the throws, but you don't have to be Joe Milton or Anthony Richardson and have the mega arm where you can throw a, 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 a deep out from the opposite hash. You don't have to have that. I actually think his arm would have been strong enough. I think he not only would have been good, but excellent in Josh Heupel's offense because it, even more than the big arm, Caleb, you got to remember if he reads defenses correctly and when the ball's coming out as soon as his back foot hits, you're gaining a half second to a second on the play where a Joe Milton arm might make up for the bit of a delay in decision-making. Josh Dobbs is going to hit the back foot and get it out. And to me, that's what would have made him excellent in this offense. I, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I just don't have as big of a problem with his arm as, as you've pointed out a couple but of times. But don't you – don't you're right. It doesn't need to be Joe Milton or Anthony Richardson. But doesn't it need to be bigger than the NFL baseline requirement in Heupel's system? Don't you need a little bit beyond that? Because I mean, Dobbs is barely crossing that NFL baseline threshold. I think if you can, I think if you can sling it in the NFL, and all those coaches have signed you to a contract, they're saying that you have a strong enough arm to play in the NFL. And if you have a strong enough arm to play in the NFL, you have one of the strongest arms in college football. Now, when I say strongest arms, there are 120 teams, so I might be saying top thirty percentile, but I think that that would be strong enough, and his decision making, I think, would be absolutely through the roof a couple of different people they brought up oh uh fitzgerald was one that bounced around forever but Fitzgerald he... wasn't a long time backup i mean he started his first five years in buffalo didn't he yeah like... i mean i can't come up with a perfect comparison yeah um, you need you guys need to find me somebody who was a backup for six years bounced around as a backup for six years and then got a start five or six years something like that i mean that's that's now where by the way cut twice yeah, I mean, cut twice. I was pretty surprised he got the start for the the Titans, and then he gets a he gets a start for uh, he, he basically. And and here's the deal. Here's why it opened up for him. For those that don't know, uh, Kyler Murray, if he gets hurt on the field this season, he gets like a big kicker in far in terms of his contract because he the rest of his contract's guaranteed. So that's why he's not playing. And they went to Dobbs. So here's the other thing, Caleb, we haven't even brought up. Dobbs goes to Arizona not knowing the offense barely a month before the season. And he's ready to roll. That's pretty impressive, too. Oh, that's very impressive. You're absolutely right. And it really speaks to his level of his work ethic and his intelligence. I mean, the thing is, one thing he has that other people don't, and I will say this for Josh Dobbs. This is kind of funny to say, but... He, he, the one gift he is blessed with is intelligence. There are other athletes that could work as hard as him that aren't going to pick up the offense as quickly as him because Josh Dobbs is just a really smart guy in general. Agreed, but I think there's a difference between it being football smart and off-the-field smart. Yeah, I mean, as far as quick decisions, I think Dobbs has both. So sometimes I think we talk we talk about a smart player and he doesn't make quick decisions on the football field. And we're like, eh, well, he may be getting a 4.0 in college, but he's not doing – as much in the NFL. So who else? And I want to ask the message board this. Um, who else is the most beloved good ball? The most beloved good ball. I mean, 
uh, we're going talking is, like great superstar, but somebody who's had a decent career in the NFL and you're rooting for him. You're happy for him. Right. Don't give me an Al Wilson. Okay. Because yeah. Al Wilson was an elite player. Don't give me a Peyton Manning. That's an elite player. Um, don't give me that, but I'm, I'm going to ask the message board for a second and we'll kind of extend this, this thing out. I will give you one and I'm, I'm not being self-serving here because he's a part of what we do. I think it's Fred White. The people that just gravitate towards Fred because the way he, he hit people and the way he played so hard. And I'll share another story that I didn't know about Fred until we did the Celebrate 98 series and the Philip Fulmer episode is up now. But I didn't know this. And you can also buy the book right down below, Celebrate 98, uh, available at Hound Dogs and Alumni Hall. A little plug there. But you you probably don't know this, Fred or Caleb, but Fred, well, I think I told you recently, but Fred was on campus. They immediately say, we're going to move you to safety, so start eating which he was, he ran a 10-2, which I know surprised you. He ran a 10-2 in the 100 meters, which is uber fast. And they say, we've got so many great cornerbacks that you've got to move to safety. So he eats, he grows, he gets bigger. Also, his freshman year, he was uh, set to make the travel squad and play. And his dad passed away suddenly with a heart attack. And so there was every reason for him to give up on football and he didn't. So I would have Fred white as far as a good player. Um, maybe not elite player, but is absolutely beloved. Anybody else? Uh, do, you, do you have any other thoughts out there as far as former balls? And I'll extend this out just a little bit. Jeremy, Jeremy Banks gets a vote. I think that's the exact opposite. An elite player athletically. That's a jack wagon. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go, um, and I've seen it on the message board, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's Jawan Jennings. He is a solid receiver. I don't know if he'll ever be a number one receiver, but Jawan Jennings is beloved at Tennessee. He's the, and I know some people think that the way he behaved at the coaching staff in 27, this just shows you how unpopular the Butch Jones staff was when they left in 2017. And Jawan Jennings could do what he did, and everybody in Knoxville, media, whatever, sided with Jawan Jennings. He is beloved. In the NFL. Guys, also, because I'm seeing some things on the message boards. They can't be great Vols. They can't be pro bowlers. Okay? So yeah. don't name Chad Clifton. He was great. Yeah, he was great. Stanley Morgan. Also a pro bowler. You can't name Stanley Morgan. Yeah, but he... I didn't think he was an elite career, Three-time pro bowler? He's probably the yeah. best receiver in the NFL to ever play at Tennessee. Um. Yeah, but I didn't... He wasn't as good as Carl Pickens and Alvin Harper, I didn't think. I mean, I mean, it was a different era, though. I know. I can, It's kind of the way you look at it. I thought Stanley Morgan of that group was probably of that run of receivers. They had probably towards the bottom of the very good ones. So I see where our comments uh coming from. Oh, here's I mean, well, now here's one that I, I think would probably fit under the kind of interesting. Yeah, category. but I think Trey Smith is going to be great pretty soon. I, yeah, I think but, he's, he's on the cusp of great. Okay, I do too, but he, he didn't have a great college career because of the blood clots. So that's that kind of fits into my category. A little bit of a reach. Possibly. Oh, mine, by the way, since we're sticking with receivers, because he was great in college, but good in the NFL is Peerless Price. I love Peerless. I've told people, I tell anybody who listens, Peerless Price is one of my favorite players of all time because, guys, think about Peerless for a second. You're the number two receiver waiting in the wings, waiting in the wings, and the minute you become the number one receiver – 
you're not having Peyton Manning throw you the ball and the coaches kind of tell you we're going to become more of a run-oriented team. Could you imagine being peerless in that moment, Dave, after you waited your chance to be the number one receiver and you're told, uh, oh, no, we're going to be more of a run-oriented team this year? And he made every play possible after that. We had a vote for Princeton Fant. That's a very good one. I've got the ultimate one, though. I just came up in my head on the fly. I've got it. Sammy says uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, He's not good. He's great. Yeah, I agree. The But didn't have a great college career. The best one's T. Martin. How about T. Martin? But you're right. I, 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 I'm with you on that. I'm more on T. Martin's side now because of the – and you told me this uh, recently that T. Martin took a lot of hits for not taking the Tennessee job when he was offered the assistant coaching position by Butch Jones, but you told me that that was a show interview, that he was never really offered that job significantly. Nah. That He took a lot of hits from Tennessee fans for not taking the job, but he never came out publicly and threw Butch Jones under the bus for not actually offering him the job and for making a show of it. And that was really classy of him. Agree. We'll go some uh, other ones that I think are great. So I don't know if they fit the category, but as far as beloved balls, Eric Berry would have been Hall of Fame hall safety. Of yeah, would have been a Hall yes. of Famer. So that, but he is definitely beloved and didn't have the career because of a multitude of injuries, including cancer. But you remember he overcame a significant injury at, at Tennessee too. So I think you're talking about one of the best defensive backs of all time, like up there in the conversation of Ronnie Lott with Eric Berry, but he was more versatile and actually played outside linebacker one year for the Chiefs. And uh, Jason Witten, again, was a um, an elite player, one of the better tight ends uh, in NFL history. And here's a good one, though. Levi says Theo Jackson. That's, That's a good, good one. one. He got an interception, his first interception, I think two weeks ago. In the NFL, Theo Jackson was forced to bounce around as a utility defensive back for four years sitting behind other guys. Josh Heupel takes over. Tim Banks comes and says, you are firmly in place at nickel. You're our, you're our nickel back, and you're going to stay there the whole year. And he had an amazing senior season. Um, he and Elante Taylor, I'm just, I'm huge fans of both of them. Uh, a couple of others. And before we move on, we've got a- Inky Johnson who I think would have been a very – I think he would have been a good corner, but size would have gone against him in the NFL, obviously with the arm injury that he was never able to have that uh, potential. A.J. Johnson won for a weird situation in which his career was really put on hold, if not destroyed. I would uh, definitely go with that one as well. So great interaction with the message board. I absolutely love that. And you guys. Yeah, be- Knox County DA should absolutely be ashamed of herself to this day for dragging out that AJ Johnson trial. I mean, there was, it was thin evidence and she always knew she was going to lose that case, but she all, so all you really did was put somebody's NFL career on hold for four years for a crime. You knew they were going to get acquitted of. Yeah. And she may have been ignorant to the point that you don't understand that that impact you have such a short time. We're not talking about 30 year careers. We're talking about six year careers. Yes. Most often. This is the same. So, this is the same DA who's indicting Jayla McCullough now, by the way. That should give you an idea into her credibility. That thing's dragging out too. Yep. She's dragging it out. She should be ashamed of herself. I don't want to wait in politically, but if you guys can vote for DAs, I'm just putting that out there that she's the same one. <laughs> I mean, I love Caleb. But I've never loved Caleb more than this point right now when he's calling for DA's jobs. I mean, I there he goes. Look at him. God forbid Caleb and I 
should ever be in Knoxville together. And I return to my old days and we start partying and get pulled over because the DA is going to come down on us hard. <laughs> Absolutely hard. The Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Hemp House Chat with 2Ts.com. Use the promo code hook and check this out. You can get the big orange crunch that has the Delta 9 in it and your night will be set. So when you order that with a promo code hooked, if anybody tells me on the message board, hey, I've ordered that, we will absolutely take care of you with the T-shirt. First one that says that, uh, we would uh, greatly appreciate you supporting our sponsors. They're all below, and they're all great people. We actually vet our sponsors because we want to make sure that we bring you the absolute best sponsors there are. So when I would tell you that City Heating and Air Conditioning, 50 years in East Tennessee, Integrity Matters, they're not a fly-by-night HVAC company. Go to cityheatandair.com. Support our sponsors. That's why we're here. SEC Power Rankings and also College Football Takeaways. From week four. From week four. Why Tennessee was very happy from time, from time, stumbled with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the sports. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry, I'm a jeweler, and we wanna be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your bed. These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine. A drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity. A hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend. A refreshment that can only be found in one place. With a taste that makes you say, give me three bottles of the good stuff. Tennessee Cider Company, where necessity can be found. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. Not even joking when I say this, but we appreciate you so much. We have the best fan base in Tennessee slash SEC sports media. There's no question about it. So love you guys. The um, the give and take was awesome on most beloved good ball. And we're going to get your thoughts in the SEC power rankings and uh, college football week four takeaways. I know that Christmas is still a ways away, and I hate when people play um, a Christmas music bef- like in September or October even. Thank you, Dave. Yes, it drives me insane. And it ruins what is otherwise great music. By the way, it, it, it should all be Elvis. There is, there's nothing better than Elvis or Frank Sinatra. That's your Christmas music you should put on Christmas morning. But if you're thinking at all about a present for your loved one out there, we would highly, highly recommend that you go to rickterryjewelry.com or give them a call. They've got the fire opals that are orange, and that's game day jewelry. And I'm going to tell you, while they can do high-end stuff, they can also do the fire opals that are more affordable than you might think. So let's get to our SEC power rankings, as uh, Caleb has got that column on off the hook sports. And it's brought to you by Meridian Insurance, covering your world. Are you paying too much for insurance? Probably so. All you have to do is click right below for a free quote. ShandaHasYouCovered.com. ShandaHasYouCovered.com. But can absolutely save you money. Thank you, Meridian Insurance. You will save money. I'm just, if you want to save 100, 150 bucks, 200 bucks, you will save money. With Meridian Insurance, go to ShandaHasYouCovered.com and uh, you get a free quote. So go ahead and check it out. It's right below there. College football power or SEC power rankings. Uh, let's go ahead and get rolling. I don't think there's a great team in the SEC this year, Caleb. I, I don't. I don't know that there's a great team in college football. Period which I think would make for a fantastic 12-team playoff. Like, if I could change... Yeah, they got to move it up, shouldn't they? (laughs) I know. Like, if I could change any one thing in life other than being, like, four or five inches taller, it would be that they had the college football playoff this year. Can you imagine? I mean, it would be so fantastic. But the SEC power rankings, do we say Georgia by default? I guess we do, right? Yeah, they're number one by default, but guys, you can make a lot of money fading Georgia each week on the spread. I'm telling y'all, and I did it again. It's been my, it's been my best bet. And that's year. a year in the running, too. That's And listen, that is not to say that Georgia is not a very, very, very good football team and might not win a national championship because Alabama, who you have at number two, did it the Georgia way for a long time. And now they're trying to go back to that. I don't know if they can do it this late in Nick Saban's career, but they're going back to controlling the football. You've got them at number two. And I think they're probably a little bit more solid of a number two than you. You've got LSU number three. Yeah, Alabama moved up to a number two uh, because I think that 
whatever you think of Jalen Milrow, and look, we don't think he's good. And I think Tennessee fans should be excited about that opportunity in Tuscaloosa. I'm going to be honest, as long as it's not a night game, because Tennessee at night on the road just is a disaster. But <laughs> I will say that I do think that they have they figured out their formula. They can win with tough defense and Jalen Milrow not making mistakes. As Which, by the way, Jalen Milrow still made some mistakes in this game. So, But if he doesn't turn the ball over, I think they can be okay because their defense, as I told everybody, is really, really, really good. That Texas game was not a reflection of their defense. They held Texas to 13 points through three quarters. And, yep. and, and we've seen this before, actually, out of Tennessee that would play down to their opponents in Vanderbilt and Kentucky. So it's not something you want, but it's it's kind of part of it. And I thought Tennessee played down to U at UTSA uh, for about two drives there in the second half. So LSU three, Missouri number four. Which, by the way, for those questioning why LSU is three, that's why I still have LSU three. Yes, they struggle with Arkansas. I said they would struggle with Arkansas before last week, and I stuck with it. So I'm not going to drop them in my power rankings too much. That's a rivalry game. It's the battle for the golden boot. Arkansas always puts up a fight versus LSU. And uh, Missouri number four, Caleb. You suck, jackass. <laughs> Dave, what are you? They're one of they're one of three undefeated teams in the SEC. I know, but when you watch that football team, do you think they're a top third of the SEC? I can't, I can't ignore what I'm saying in this way. They have, they, they beat one of the uh, Memphis is one of the five best group of five teams in football right now. Kansas State is a top twenty-five win. That's two weeks removed, three weeks removed from the MTSU ugly slugfest. Now, what if Missouri's like that, like one of those teams that like they just. They never look good, but they keep winning. You've seen those teams before. Yeah, whatever. Smoky Mountain Red gives a what the H emoji. Um, SEC power rank. You just know I don't like Missouri. Uh, I would have Missouri 11 if they were like 10 and 0. Um, Kentucky 5. Let's run through the second tier. If By we default, can. because Kentucky's played a terrible schedule. But yeah. True. Ole Miss. Um, I think they're going to end up being lower than six. You've got them at six now. Um, I, I think that Lane Kiffin lost I want to go ahead and make a prediction that Lane Kiffin thing is going to go south. And it's not because he's not a good coach. It's because he found himself. He goes all the way back to 2009 when he left Tennessee. It, then he goes to Southern California where they, they got hammered with the NCAA violations. Now he's at Ole Miss where he can't get the type of talent that other teams can. He took that job before NIL. And now with NIL in place, the Rebels can't compete financially. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now that within two or three years, that thing is going to go south. I thought it would go south with him taking another job like Florida. And I know through my sources at LSU, he reached out for the LSU job before Ed Orgeron had even been fired and had the idea to keep Orgeron around, which they weren't going to do because he was hitting on boosters wives. So, uh, but I've got, I've got um, – He and Lane Kiffin would have been a perfect fit together then. What's that? He and Lane Kiffin would have been a perfect fit together then. They'd yeah. have been a team. Wingmen yeah. for each other. Yeah, the, the, the Boosters' Wives party was be kind of <laughs> strange. Uh, Texas A&M <laughs> at number seven. Florida – Can't take anything away from them, by the way. I thought they would unravel, and they didn't. I agree. I thought Bob – and I said this, if you remember, I thought – Bobby Petrino would bring a, a sense of order to that team. I don't know that he's a long-term fit, but with what they're uh, doing there, I think he brought a sense of order. And I, I think that's happening. And 
and Jimbo Fisher probably had a little bit too a uh, little bit too much on his plate as far as being the true offense coordinator. And then you have Florida at number eight, and you have to put them ahead of Tennessee because they beat Tennessee. But at the end of the day, with Tennessee at number nine, where do you predict they will finish in this group? I still think they'll finish top five in the SEC. I'm in like the four to six range for Tennessee right now. I can't put them above Alabama, Alabama, LSU, or Georgia. I can't go there right now. I can't say they're going to finish ahead of any of those teams. But after that top three, they're in the four to six range. I'm still pretty sure they'll finish ahead of Missouri, and that'll make Dave happy. And I'm pretty sure they'll finish ahead of Kentucky. But- I think I think they'll be four at, at the end of the day, um, which is why I wish they had a 12-team playoff because much like those teams in the 90s and 2000s, they are going to be playing their best ball at the end of the year as they continue to develop this offense around Joe Milton. Then Auburn at number 10, South Carolina number 11, Arkansas number 12, Mississippi State at number 13, and then Vanderbilt at number 14. I was uh, pretty stunned by the way uh, Auburn – I don't want to say stunned, but the the way Auburn uh, played against Texas A&M, that their talent level – is lower than I thought it was. And exactly um, yeah, they, I mean, who was the dolt that, that was their coach before? I can't remember. Uh, Brian Brian Carson. Carson. Yeah. Okay. Listen, Auburn administrators. Can you imagine if Tennessee's administrators came out and brought you this? We've got this new innovative coach. Oh, cool. He's innovative. What does he do? He likes to have three tight ends on the field at the same time, and sometimes four. I mean, how would that go over? How does that spell? Because that's what it was. That's and I remember, and for Saturday down south, I was writing about Auburn and Alabama, and I was like, there is no way that that's going to work. And it's just the exact opposite of the way college football and football in general is going. I thought that they was were one eighty. They wanted to the exact opposite of Gus Malzahn, like the exact opposite, which co- you see athletic directors do this all the, all the time. You saw Tennessee do this, by the way. When a coach doesn't work out, they go for the exact opposite of that coach in every way, as if like, like that's not how you should hire. Like when they, ha- they had Lane Kiffin, didn't work out. So they're like, let's do the exact 180 from Lane Kiffin and go for Derek Dooley. Now, I'll, I'll pick a bone with you in here. <clears throat> You've got South Carolina at number 11. I would probably actually have them at about the eight category because of quarterback. Um, you point out both of South Carolina's losses are to teams who are still undefeated. Mississippi State, though, I thought was a good win, not a big win. Uh, we'll see a lot more, but I would have had South Carolina more in the eight or nine range. I could, I could see that. I can't have them ahead of Tennessee or Florida, though. Not yet. Um, we'll have to wait and see. I've, I had um, so that that's kind of why I kept them down here. Look, things are going to change pretty soon, and I can't have them. I could, I guess, have them ahead of Auburn, but Auburn still has that win over Cal in their back pocket. South Carolina doesn't have a win like that. And Mississippi State at home. Let's be honest, playing Mississippi State in Starkville is one thing, but getting South, getting Mississippi State at Williams Bryce at night, Dave, you know this. Williams Bryce at night is a brutal place to play. Oh yeah, I mean, it is. So do Tennessee's football players know that as well. Yes, they do. They absolutely know that. Uh, that that was it was really bad. Sports treasures carrying over five million sports treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best memorabilia updates. Sports treasures TN on Facebook. Sports treasures. Sports treasures TN 
on Facebook. I share stuff all the time. They've got the coolest stuff in there. And they're also carrying uh, Celebrate 98, The Untold Stories. Did I mention that book? The Untold Stories behind Tennessee's 1998 National Championship, which you can order right down there for an autographed copy. We'd greatly appreciate it. I know Smoky Mountain Red, who's on the message board, was one of the first to uh, order the book. So if you got a chance to dig into that, I, I, I hope you like it as we uh, just get your early thoughts. Because that's a, that's a lot of me out there, Caleb, you know, and it was very, I feel very vulnerable with the book out there. Oh, you feel vulnerable, Dave? You feel vulnerable? I do. I feel vulnerable. That should be Nothing. the name of it. A Taylor Swift Vulnerable song. hookers. Yeah, vulnerable. <laughs> Aren't they all? But that should be the name of Taylor Swift's next song is Vulnerable. What do you think about that? No, I can't wait. I cannot wait till Taylor Swift breaks up with Travis Kelsey and she puts a, puts in a football like move, like couldn't run a crossing route properly or something like that. <laughs> Smoky Mountain Red said, "Man, you made my day." Said, "I have and love it. Great memories. Thank you very much. I appreciate the feedback, and I'll tell you. I mean, it it was. I mean, Caleb. Anytime you do something like this that we're doing on a daily basis, you're putting yourself out there, and the fact that we could always delete a YouTube video if we said something stupid is better than a book that it's going to be in everybody's hands for years. So, yes, I was a little bit, a little bit vulnerable there, but that would be a great Taylor Swift song. Not a good Taylor Swift song, but a great Taylor Swift song. I told you I'm coming around on Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, it sounds like it. Loving I'm it. Maybe, maybe, maybe she can buy one of your books and sell it. Uh, Yeah. I think if she promoted it, it would do okay. What about her in Thompson Bowling Arena? She takes a quick break and says, Buy Celebrate 98, the untold stories behind Tennessee's 1998 National Championship game. I think I'd do okay on books. Four downs right now, college football week four takeaways. And there are several, one of which is very, very helpful for the balls. Four Downs is brought to you by our friends at Tennessee Cider Company. Here we go. Four Downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. Four. Four Downs. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. All righty, four downs. We're going to discuss the best conference, the best team, most disappointing team, and why there is one team's outcome over the week that really helps Tennessee. So let's get to week four takeaways. Brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT, that's HAT, to receive some free swag with your cider order available most anywhere in the U.S. You can actually order this awesome cider. And when you put in hat, you get a free hat. So how cool is that? Um, let's get to Cooper Mays, who maybe we'll get some sort of a an injury update on him uh, this week. We shall see. But Coop, what should people do? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. All right. We'll do that. What down is it, Coop? Coop here. First down. All right. Week four takeaways on offthehooksports.com. Let's go through this. The best conference is blank it's the one that's dying it's the pac-12 i know <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is this it's like is why, could, why couldn't you guys have done that like five years ago right i mean and by the way these games have been epic who watched that washington state oregon state game on saturday and we're gonna get to the high school races but that was a fun game to watch over the weekend 
Yep. Yes. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And uh, more takeaways. Let's go to uh, second down brought to you by Coop. Oh, where's there? Cooper Mays here. Second down. Second down. Cooper doesn't bring the energy as much on second down as he does the other downs. This is kind of a middle down. Um, the best comp, I'm sorry, the best team in the nation is blank. Is this, is this best by power ranking or best by who should be number one on resume? Take it where you want to go, sir. I still think it's Georgia. Power ranking, it's Georgia. But, and you guys will see this, in a ranking, a top 10, Georgia deserves, is not in my top 10 right now. They don't belong in the top 10. Neither does Michigan, neither does USC, and neither does Oklahoma. None of those teams have played anybody worth getting into the top 10. So based on actual top 10 resume, there's a top four. Florida State, Texas, Ohio State, Utah. Clear-cut top four, no questions. There's nobody else is in for a debate right now for the top four. Okay. Um, third down, Coop. Tennessee center, Cooper Mays here. Third down. The most disappointing team in the nation is? The most disappointing team in the nation is Clemson. It's got to be Clemson. Yeah, it's Clemson. I mean, which is huge yeah. for Tennessee because they can recruit that area. I believe it is Clemson. I believe that's done. I believe the same thing is when what happened to Philip Former when David Cutcliffe took the Ole Miss job and he comes back in 2006 and uh, Tennessee's offense is rolling again. It's the ability to hand something off to someone just like we do with the recruiting coverage that you can follow on offthehooksports.com with Caleb Giroux. I don't have to worry about it. And – um, it's when David Cutcliffe left, there was a big void to fill. So Brent Venables left Clemson. There's a big, big void to fill. You suddenly are not just replacing a coordinator. You're replacing a very good coordinator. And I think by the, uh, by the hire that they made, um, what's his name? Help me with, uh, the at offensive coordinator. Garrett Riley, who and is Garrett not as Riley. good as I thought. Yeah, he's not, and I think they're grasping at straws to say, hey, let's go up-tempo and do what everybody else is doing. Third and one, fourth and one, and you throw it twice in overtime, and they cost me money on that, too. I, 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 How does Garrett Riley get to keep his money? He should he should get a pay cut because he cost me money, okay? Caleb, do you have a problem? <laughs> what gun is it, Coop? All SEC center Cooper Mays here, fourth down. Dion is a blank, and now this helps – uh, Tennessee, there's no question about it. Uh, this helps Tennessee um, because Boo Carter has shown interest in Colorado, but Deion Sanders is a blank. Predictable. Anybody who actually looked at Colorado and Oregon this year knew that 3-0 and was a possible start and Oregon would be their first real test. And Oregon doesn't have any horses in the trenches whatsoever, right? I mean, not Oregon, excuse me. Colorado has no horses in the trenches whatsoever. So I just think he was predictable. Uh, Levi says that uh, Tennessee has to be up there on the disappointing team list. I, I don't see that. I mean, the no, loss to Florida was disappointing, and I think the offense is different. It's just not as exciting. Yeah, you can't just do one loss. Alabama and LSU all have one loss, too, in, the, in games they were favored in. LSU, Clemson has lost two games. Not true they were underdogs to Florida State, but honestly, they were playing Florida State at home. If, if Clemson wasn't a program on the decline, they won that game. Yep. They are. Ohio State wins the day as your number one college football takeaway. Um, they do, but again, I don't think there's an elite team in college football. Uh, Notre Dame, Clemson uh, coached away games. Um, yeah, yeah. basically, I talked about Clemson. 
Marcus Freeman. I, I'm not sure. What are the one things casual fans say that they're right on every time that I hate to say they're right? Dave, rushing three on a third and long obvious passing down never works. When you're going to do a three-man rush, it needs to be a disguised coverage that catches somebody off guard on a timed route. Otherwise, you're you're giving away three guys. Might as well just drop all 11 back on defense. In that would be weird. Is the Florida State-Miami rivalry back? It's never going to be like it was, though. Both undefeated. Could be on a collision course. Yep. Um, ACC basketball schools are full of football powers. Uh, yeah. I don't know football. Louisville, Duke, UNC are undefeated. Yeah. If Miami they're, and Florida State are to face off undefeated, one's got to get by Duke, one's got to get by UNC. <laughs> yeah, and Drake May's a player, man. Drake May at North Carolina. If you haven't watched him play, tell me, watch him over the weekend or go back and watch highlights and tell me he doesn't remind you a little bit of John Elway. Undefeated Pac-12 teams are still flying under the radar. Um, that is true. Utah's we got may- just beat Chip Kelly without – they don't have Cam Rising yet, and they beat – two top 25 teams without their quarterback and Washington state is one of the remaining pac 12 teams that hasn't gotten into another conference yet fallen. Uh, and we mentioned back to reality for Colorado, Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Oklahoma have still proven nothing agreed. The Alabama quarterback situation is settled, but not good. I want to get into that more later in the week in your Heisman race. You would have Cameron Ward of Washington state. Number one, Michael Penix, number two, Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers of Texas, number four, and Jordan Travis of number five. I don't start thinking about Heisman until we get uh, into November, really. Um, But as far as the top 10, you've got Florida State number one, and I give you kudos because you were really down on the Seminoles before the season. I'll look at you. You're coming around now. This isn't projection-based or analysis-based. This is resume-based. Florida State has beaten LSU, and they've beaten Clemson. Who else has a better resume at this moment in time? I mean, I know it's not Clemson, Clemson, but it's still Clemson. So, yeah, Florida State's clearly number one. Texas beating Alabama on the road counts. Ohio State beating Notre Dame. Ohio State has two more. The only tough games they have until Michigan now are Penn State. And if you want to consider Maryland for being undefeated, but both teams are going to Columbus. So they're going to win both of those games. Um, Utah's number Go ahead. Yeah, Utah number four, UNC number five, Penn State six, Oregon seven, Washington State eight, Miami nine, Washington ten. Wow, college game day is going to Duke. I mean, Mike Elko has done a heck of a job there. Now, we should all give David Cutcliffe put the infrastructure in place at Duke. He, you know, he didn't, it didn't finish probably the way he would have liked it to, but David Cutcliffe spent, I can tell you, you know this, Dave, better than I do. He spent 15 years of hard labor putting an infrastructure in place at Duke for them to actually be decent in football. I mean, he started traditions there that they never had before. And I don't think it <clears throat> ended necessarily the, the – I mean, you said ended – that kind of implies that he got he, he got fired. I think it was mutual. I mean, David's getting up there, and, you know, we visited with him uh, at SEC Media Days, and I think he was ready. Um, to step away from coaching, whether that's coming off an undefeated season or as they did a, a slightly disappointing season. Um, I think he was ready. I think that, you know, they say mutual a lot of times, Caleb, and that's a lot of bull for the most part because you don't want to make a coach look bad. But in this particular case, I think it was absolutely true. For Caleb Calhoun, I'm Dave Hooker. Monday, uh, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m., uh, we certainly appreciate that. Philip Fulmer Celebrate 98 is on our YouTube channel, as is that Sunday show with Fred. If you want to get Fred's breakdown of the UTSA game, we'll have complete coverage of 
the Vols as they prepare for the revenge game against South Carolina, the most disheartening, most uh, costly win in Tennessee football history since the 2001 SEC championship game. That's what happened in Columbia. So if you don't think players know that and coaches know that, then you're absolutely crazy. Here's the lineup tomorrow. John Adams on Wednesday, Jimmy Himes on Thursday, Josh Ward, and on Friday, a football Friday with Fred. For Caleb, I'm Dave. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.